Hey, welcome to Creating a Life by Design podcast. I'm Noah Elias with my dear friend, Becky Turner, and uh, we're going to have a great episode today. Um, I'm so excited to have her on the show. Uh, Becky and I have uh, had the chance to work with an amazing organization, uh, Priority Living, which produces the master's program. And uh, that whole season, this last gosh, almost decade has brought us together and it's been wonderful. And so uh, she's got some amazing perspectives and strategies when it comes to leadership. She works behind a lot of leaders. She's a leader herself, but she she gets to see the good, the bad and the ugly. And um, I cannot wait for you to hear uh, a lot of um, what's taking leaders out, what's making leaders really sore when it comes to the kingdom and really what kingdom assignment and life mastery looks like. So we're gonna be unpacking that. Uh, but I first want to kind of read her bio so you get a good understanding of who she is and where she's come from. Uh, she is the Director of Operations for Priority Living, as well as President and Founder of KBT Consulting. Uh, Becky's heart is to serve women in life coaching and nonprofits in strategic planning and development. Uh, I can't wait to talk to her about that. She desires mm-hmm. to see women live lives of peace, purpose, and passion. And her life reflects this desire both personally as well as professionally. Before Christ, Becky Turner had made a complete mess of her life, relationally, financially, and especially spiritually. In 1992, when she came to the end of herself and cried out to God, he graciously swooped in and lifted her out of the pit of her own making and set her feet back on a solid rock. Since that time, the Lord has done an amazing work as bit by bit and inch by inch, he has delivered, transformed, and renewed Becky to become the woman of God she is today. Becky has been blessed to minister around the world and experience God's work in villages in Africa, the high-rise apartments of Moscow, as well as the streets of downtown Atlanta and Houston. Becky graduated Mercer University in Macon. Is that how you pronounce it? Macon? Macon? Macon. Macon. Macon, Georgia, with a, degree, with a degree in communications. And for now, God has called her to walk in the gift of singleness. So, Becky, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here, Noah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited. Let's go back to, um, let's briefly go through your story a little bit of being redeemed, pulled out of the pit, just mm-hmm. so everybody has an understanding of um, uh, your, you know, we can look at the highlight reel of what a great roster, <laughs> but I mean, how did we get here? Talk to us a little bit about um, the underbelly before you got Ooh. here. Um, you know, I'm a good uh, Southern Baptist girl, so I'm like seven years old church going we went every sunday dad was deacon mom was involved in the choir taught sunday school actually broke my arm in third grade and the waiting for dad to get out of a meeting doing a cartwheel at church and so baptized in my own backyard in our own pool at seven years old but for the next 20 years no i just i did what i wanted to do Mm. and um Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, God was not the center. There was no life mastery that I saw modeled around me. I didn't know what it was to have a quiet time. And then um, made some, you know, got in the lifestyle of homosexuality, made really poor choices in college. And finally, at about 22, I'm like, and I'm so grateful for this. The Lord, I think the Holy Spirit just got a hold of me and said, you're miserable. And I thought the only way I could out was suicide. And God, in His graciousness, when I was ready to take my life, brought a friend's mind, name to my mind, Patty mm-hmm. Ackerman. And I called Patty. And she, being amazing, and her parents being amazing, called, I mean, I said, I called her and she said, Come to Atlanta, come up here. I was living in South Georgia at the time. She said, Come here. 
let's go to some counseling. You know, not her. She didn't need to go. She was sending <laughs> me to the three-day counseling. Sure. And uh, went through this exchange life. And that was when I was 22. And I started this walk of trying to figure out uh, how do you live a righteous, holy life. And, and so I knew some things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, read the Bible, go to church. But didn't know how to deal with emotions and mentally some of the things that I was dealing with. And in that process, even though I was going to church, attending a, uh, working at a Christian ministry, I went, I chose again a lifestyle of homosexuality. And it was, I will never forget, no, I mean, I'm a new believer, right? So you read the Bible through in a year, right? And I can remember being, it was February, and I was in Leviticus. And it said, man shall not lie with man. Mm-hmm. And no, I literally closed the Bible and I put it on the shelf. And I said, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm. Well, that didn't work out. Three years later, been in a relationship, was financially ruined, and she chose to leave me. And I'm just like, okay, how does this work? I have a mess of my life, 27 years old, mess of my life. Wasn't, didn't have any money mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and I couldn't go to anybody because we were living this false life. Totally. And so I'm like, okay, God, I don't think you're real. Really, I'm not really certain if you're real, Um, but I don't have anywhere else to go, and I'm not sure if you can really do much better than I have, but I'm going to give you a shot. And praise the Lord, (laughs) he did not just whack me aside the head, and that's what I talk about. I was in a pit. Mm. of my own making mm. and you know the prodigal son crawled out of the pit and went to the went home yeah i think jesus just dove into the pit with me and said yeah. come on let's go yeah yeah and took me out and i was grateful that i lived in atlanta and there was a bible study somewhere in the city everywhere and again i'm an all-or-nothing girl and i started going every single night to a bible study and started going to a great church god put mentors in my life and I, and I went to really deep, deep Christian counseling. Bonnie Wallace changed my life mm. and was so gracious and kind to me. I'll never forget one time she said to me, no, and it was after one of our sessions. And it was such a gift. And she said, um, I was getting very emotional. I couldn't say out loud what I wanted to say. Mm. And so she prayed. And then she said, you're becoming attracted to me, aren't you? And I just nodded my head. I couldn't even say the word. And she says, it's okay. You can trust the Holy Spirit in me. And it was such a gift because she didn't, it didn't repel her. It didn't, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and it allowed me just to be real and true and then work through that. And then praise the Lord. Um, it was about, it probably took about, it was 2014. So 16, 17, 18 years of battle, battle, battle. Praise the Lord. I never fell back in, but it was a constant battle hmm. of choosing righteous same-sex attraction heavy heavy um, but no I kept walking in truth walking mm-hmm. in truth mm-hmm. going back to truth, spending hours in the morning in quiet time just mm-hmm. beating down the flesh mm-hmm. and finally in 2014 through a series of things and God made me give something up for Lent and that was what broke me free and ever since then none praise the Lord none That's God awesome. set me free from same-sex attraction and you know I still love chips and salsa, so I'm kind of waiting on that. But, yeah, yeah. But, you know, set me free, and um, and it's been an amazing, and it really is. I mean, Noah, the pictures of me and 
Uh, You've seen seen them, babe. 1992 to where I was and just the path. And it's like a different woman, a different one. He trains me from the inside out. And I'm so, so grateful. And so, um, yeah, so that's kind of the muck and mire that I got into and that it was a battle and, and that it became, because he was so gracious to me. Most of the other really nasty things I chose and did, I accepted his forgiveness so much easier mm. than that because that's where I'd close the book and I put it on the shelf. And he's like, he's like, you warned me. And he didn't say, I told you so. He just said, come on, let's clean it up. Let's keep walking. Well, what I think is so awesome with that story is it'd be really easy to think that coming from that history and background, you would almost have like this scarlet letter mm. feeling about yourself working in the industry working with ministries talk a little bit about that yeah. dynamic of those folks that are watching and listening that are thinking i can't be used yeah come on i'm, I'm too broken yeah. my sin is too great regardless of whatever the sin issue is it's like right. they're just thinking i'm disqualified yeah so talk yeah. a little bit about what's your word for them yeah i mean um i love that you know paul said it again and again you once wore and then would list all these things from liar to perversion to mm-hmm. you know murder to yeah. stealer. And yeah. you once were, and that we are a new creature. And it was really important for me because I, I mean, I ran a maternity home from 2010 to 2014, you know, working with teen girls. And and I remember, I mean, I had to make it really clear with with my leadership. I didn't like broadcast it, but just make it with my leadership, my board, and others that hey, this is my past. And, you know, this is who I am today. And they said, thanks. We appreciate it. Thanks for sharing. We trust you. It's good to go. And so it is, I think, when we, and I love that, when we bring the darkness out into the light, mm. it loses all its power. Sure. And it has to, the darkness has to dispel. Mm-hmm. You know, if the room's dark, you turn the light on. It's not like the dark hangs around. Yeah. I mean, the dark, you bring it to the light. Yeah. And you can be transformed. So there is nothing, nothing that we've ever done that God can't say, okay, you're a new creature and we're going to walk in this Mm -hmm. new path that you're on. And, you know, there's going to be guardrails and there's going to be guidelines and there's going to be, you know, some things that aren't the wisest for me to go and do and be a part of, whatever that might be, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but, but no, you're never too far. His arm is never too short to bring you in. I love that quote by Bobo that says, uh, your new life in Christ, um, that new vehicle of your life does not have a rear view mirror. Mm. You know, Lord's more excited about who you are today and who you're becoming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Amen. Amen. You know, I think in the, but we do have, back, I remember my mentor, I love this, you know, some drunk, you know, wanders on the railroad tracks, falls asleep, train comes by, cuts his leg off, and uh, they grab him, run into the hospital. The next day and save their life. Next day, pastor comes by just doing the chaplain visit, the hospital, you know, hospital visit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he cut, gets gloriously saved. Well, is his leg going to grow back? No. There are ramifications and baggage that we bring from our sin totally. that we did before. Are we forgiven for it? 100%. Preventing yeah. us from getting to glory? Mm-hmm. Not at all. Mm-hmm. We're in. But we do have to deal with what is mm-hmm. that behind us. I yeah. love the 12 steps in the AA program and... And I think we as Christians will often do like the first three and the last three. So the first three are admit that I'm, you know, 
Admit that there's somebody higher than me. Admit that I'm powerless over, mm-hmm. and then turn my life over to them. Mm-hmm. And the last three is have a quiet time, share with other people, keep doing the program. Yeah. Well, we forget this four through nine, four through That's eight, right. that says, okay, step four. Now make a list uh, of yeah. all your wrongs that yeah, you've yeah. ever done. Yeah. Okay. An now, inventory. Yeah, do that spiritual inventory. Now go and tell those people that you've done mm-hmm. to make it right. Mm-hmm. And then continue, you know, mm-hmm. and we don't do that. Right. We just end we just run them right to, and that's what happened to me, I think, when at 22, when I said, called Patty and said, I need help. No fault of anybody, but I was like teaching youth within like 90 days. And, you know, I do have a little bit of an over-the-top personality. I understand that. Mm. You know, so I immediately, I mean, I was a leader. Boom. Mm. And I was given leadership and man, I was not ready for it. And it, you know, wrecked my life. And so very so? sensitive. Well, just because three years later, I'm back in a relation, homosexual relationship. Oh, and, right. yeah. you know, too much too soon. Too much too soon. And didn't have the mentorship and the accountability and the guidance around me to yeah. to raise me up. And I was so grateful. Titus, too. You know, God just kept putting women after. I mean, Sandra taught me how to be a woman of God. Barbara Adair taught me how to be a woman of the word. Pat Riley taught me how to be a woman of grace. Carol Swift taught me how to be a woman in my home. Um, uh, Grace Anderson taught me how to be a woman of prayer. I mean, all these people that got continued women just coming into my life. And and I want to know that I would see them walking in a way that I wanted to walk. And I would just go up to them. They didn't know me from Adam. I say hi, I'm Becky. How did you How did you get like that as a prayer person? How, how did you memorize all that word? How How do you have such a gracious mm-hmm. heart? Mm-hmm. And they would tell me what to do, and then because I'm pretty competitive, I'm like, okay, how long did it take you to get? And how long yeah. you been a how quick you know, get How quickly to get there, and how how quickly can I get there and get there faster? And so, yeah. and it's he like could you want the cheat codes. Exactly. I want the life hacks. What are the hacks you got That's right. that you did? And and then I would go and do it. And then I'll go and do it. So touch on that. The power of mentors. Oh, my goodness. What do you, what do you, so powerful. How can people go without them? It, uh, yeah, well, they don't. And it, it takes work on both sides. Being a mentor or being a mentee, it takes investment. work. Yeah, it's investment. And I can remember, you know, I taught college and career through the years and young 20 and 25 and 30 year olds and they're like mm-hmm. I, uh, girls and you know women and it's like well i just want to mentor and nobody has time for coffee because they want to hang around the 40 year old that has the wisdom you know, yeah rightly so has the wisdom but then also has three kids in middle school high school college you know college and they're running them around yeah, i'm like busy. you want to you want go to their house at 4 30 mm-hmm. and just be with her as she fixes dinner or he, yeah, he, she gets home her. or just shadow and see how what that looks like, mm-hmm. and and then at the end of it, you know, turn around and just say, hey, ask any questions, and then that's how you're going to see it, because then that's real life. Yeah, that's real life. Meeting yeah. for coffee and talking through, you don't know what she's got going on on her other side, yeah. and but when you're having dinner yeah. and putting the kids down, yeah. and then watching TV, you really get to know somebody and engage in that, and that's life on life. And I've said that about with with mentorship, the mentee. Uh, if it is lunch, they should pay, and if it is, mm-hmm. it should be. They should show up early. That's the worst. Oh. It's like, oh. I mean, you're these mentors are 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 trading time, yeah, and valuable, valuable time, and they want to only spend time or invest time with those that are a great investment mm-hmm. that there's going to be fruit. Yeah. yeah, one thing to go get it and like, hey, thanks, like I got I got my life hacks, but it's like implementation, go out on the field, come back, report. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good mentor-mentee yep. relationship. 100%. Right? Yeah, I had a mentee, uh, again, 
I'm not as nice as I maybe should be. But anyways, I had a mentee, and it was actually through this ministry out of um, out of Chicago. But they ministered to Indonesian Christian uber wealthy people, and these are mostly that's a niche. second generation yeah. Christians. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most Muslim country, second generation business owners, and the children because the children usually will go. To yeah, another country. That's right. They usually come to faith. They come back to run the family mm-hmm. business. So I was working with 20, 30, 40-year-old single women whose parents had built a business or they were successful. Anyways, one of the girls that was on, woman, I mean, she's 35, but one of them, she's like, I really want to have my quiet time, get really more committed to my quiet time. I said, great, let's, we'll pray about this month. Do you, and we talked through what that looked like and mm-hmm. how she can use it and all that stuff. Next month, I'm on the phone with her. So how's your quiet time? And she said, I really just haven't taken the time to do it. And I said, that's great. You go do that now, and I'll talk to you next month. Because yeah. I, I learned. I mean, in my, I was so great. I remember saying to one of my mentees one time, Pat and Ron Riley, who just kind of took me in as their kids. Actually, their grandchildren called me Aunt Becky. So they, um, I said, Pat, thanks so much for investing in my life. And she says, no, no, no. Thanks for doing what we told you to do. I mean, it you know, they loved it because yeah. I would go and do it and either fail or mess up or start again. But man, having those older women and godly men in my life yeah. to raise me up, to love on me, to father me or to brother me or to mother me mm-hmm. or to sister me. Yeah. Um, because when my parents divorced at 16, it's like all four of us went, we went scattered. Four, scattered. Yeah. And my brother and I really, it's like we don't have a, adversarial relationship anyway but we don't have a relationship yeah you know because Just from the neutral, time i was 18 like yeah and it's like if we have to talk about mom it's great and it's fine and yeah. but do we do christmas we were 30 years before we had a major holiday together totally you know and so so anyway so god there's a, a passage in psalm that says he puts the solitary into families mm-hmm. and he has totally done that for me yeah. and that's why i say i have 18 nieces and nephews and none of them are biologically mine but amazing they all so that's what got you to here and what is life and your portfolio of when i say stewardship stewardship just basically says your allocations of time uh ministries you serve leaders that you serve um your approach to life right now is Mm -hmm. just so wonderful to watch i'm I'm so grateful that we get to do life together but um your your the pedal's down and Mm -hmm. there's no sign of it backing off anytime soon and um, I love watching your fruitfulness in mm, all of these areas the but kind of kind of let everybody know what, what things look like now in terms of what life is like for you now and your approach and what you do and who you serve yeah I, you know my biggest number one what I wake up every morning and think about is um, is with priority living and what we're doing and the, mm-hmm. you know man just the I'm not good at change management. I guess I am. I am now. I wasn't good two years ago when I came came on board. Yeah. But I think what it is, like everything, it's like I don't like transition. It's the transition that the problem is. Sure. The change is great. So I woke up every morning thinking about how do we do better in that and how do I come alongside our leadership to help them be more effective yeah. in what we're doing to be able to empower people you know, to yeah. walk in life mastery, to walk in their calling, to walk in their assignment, to build amazing families and legacies that mm-hmm. transform. So that's a huge part of what I do every morning. But there's another key part that, um, and how I see it is, it's consulting, it's coaching, it's contract. And so over here, I feel like with with priority living, I'm doing the work. I'm right here doing the work. Sure. I still have uh, quite a few consulting 
uh, clients that I'm just popping on the phone. Yeah. You know, one's in Oregon, one's in Chicago, one's in New York, one yeah. ministers to Chinese, one is pro-abortion, I mean, uh, pro-life organization. Yeah. So do, you know, once or twice a month. I'm on the phone. I'm reading emails. I'm just kind of yeah. consulting with them on that. And then uh, a big thing that I'm so excited, it's been five years in the motion, but we are about to open in January a eight-bed maternity home in, in Decula, Georgia, which is northeast Atlanta, and fully funded, underwritten, ready for, we're going to be probably have our full first year of revenue in the house. And so wow. I serve on the board of that and coach the executive director as we go through that process. And so we are really close. And so that's a ton of fun, mm-hmm. challenging, difficult. We're making decisions like, yeah. do the girls get to keep their phone when they come into the home? Totally. Oh my gosh. That has been, I knew it would be one of the greatest challenges that would have is just make a decision what's in our world today. How do we handle that? So that's a big part of what I do. And then, of course, I'm very committed to my nieces and nephews. And um, the three words I like to think about, I think every major relationship you have, you should assign labels or descriptors of how you want those people to describe that relationship. So... um, so with my nephews mm-hmm. and nieces, I want them to feel that I empower them, encourage them, and enable them. Not enabling like giving yeah, drugs, yeah. but enable, open doors that they would not have access if it wasn't for me. Sure. And um, and so I, uh, yeah, so those are the three enables. So I'm really committed to showers and weddings and births and games. baseball games. Yep. I mean, I moved to Atlanta for five years yep. because the three boys that I'm kind of the closest to were in eighth, ninth, and twelfth grade. Yeah. And and now the oldest one, Jarrett, playing ball for Georgia Southern is dream and mm-hmm. I gave him the greatness book, you know. So I love that. oh my gosh. Yep. He is eating it up. Yep. So every day in the dirt, every time before he start every SFT. defensive inning, SFT. Yep. It's on his bat, it's on his glove. SFT. <laughs> and anyways, I mean talk about breaking your heart. Is his mom was at a game, and it's funny he played for the Macon Bacon's this summer. Oh, so, I love it. was at a game, and she shoots a video and said, "I thought you'd want to know this." And so he wrote SFT in the dirt, and so good. he pounded his chest because he's audience of one. And I'm like, it cost me a thousand dollars to get that, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I paid him to read every chapter, send me the notes, and then I I said, "Give me your greatness letter." He sent me his greatness letter. I gave him two hundred dollars for that. I'm like. Worth every penny yes, of it. Yes, but that's a perfect example of investment, empowering. Yep. Right? Yeah. Enabling. Enabling. That's totally what it is. And so I'm probably, you know, he'll find out if he'll be starting this spring. And if he starts this spring, I'm probably renting a house in Statesboro, Georgia, and that's going awesome. to every game and being a part of that. And it's interesting because it's almost like, it's like you're an aunt. Uh-huh. Right? But like a surrogate mother in a way. Oh, yeah. And a mentor and an example of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking from his standpoint, how he views you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can feed into him um, any of them. They know I love them. They know I care about them. And so when they go off the rails, and praise the Lord, all 18 of them are tracking. And nice. three or four of them are married and married godly ladies that are men and having babies already and wanting, you know. Yeah. And just yesterday, I have a, one of my nephews, nephews, is in the Navy and he does something that if he told me what he did, he'd have to kill us kind of thing. And I have a friend who's 20 years older than 30, perhaps probably 30 years older, 
was a submarine commander, went through the academy, and he does the same thing now on the outside. Awesome. So here's the text. Yep. You know, hey, connect them. there you go. Connect opening doors that mm-hmm. that no one else can open. And totally. that's what I want to do. And But if they do go off the rails, they know I love them enough to say, yeah. dude. They're, such, they're so uh, blessed to have you in their corner. I'm grateful. It's killer. Let's shift. Uh, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's your story, what got you here. Um, I want to shift into letting the viewers and everybody know what we do together. Oh, so sure. talk to, get a little bit of example of who we serve, what the master's program is, uh, and then we'll kind of step into life mission, life mastery. Sure. But kind of tell them the context of our relationship mm-hmm. a little bit so they get a, an understanding on that. Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, priority living, umbrella ministry to the master's program, mm-hmm. and the master's program is all about working with, and I think we're, we're getting better at this, and you've helped us so much in your marketing world, but, you know, it's, it's Christian entrepreneurs mm-hmm. who want to move from success to significance. Yeah. And they have... They have built the business, they have gotten the, you know, the cute wife or the cul-de-sac or whatever it might be that is their dream, yeah. and now they're 40, 45, 50 years old, 35, 30, mm-hmm. and they're like, now what? Now what's the next yeah. thing? I've accomplished everything that the world says I'm supposed to have, and I'm not happy, or I'm not satisfied, or I'm not yeah. content, or and I don't want to build another barn, right? I don't, I mean, totally. what can I do here? Yeah, I don't want that. How do I go? Right. And and our churches and I love I love the I love the capital C church. It's there's not a plan B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the church is what Jesus yeah. is going to use yeah. to bring back His kingdom. But they don't know what to do with this guy, our gal, in the sense of they don't have a role for them in the most local churches. They don't have a role for yeah. them because they're running and gunning, and totally. the church is not ready for that in many places. And so we can come alongside them and say, okay, let's first check your foundation. What's the basis? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the life mastery. Body, mind, soul, spirit, yep. finance. Infrastructure. Spirit. Total infrastructure. I often think about a tennis ball versus a baseball. You know, we both love sports. Love sports. Tennis ball, baseball. A tennis ball, beautiful outside, not scuffed up, mm-hmm. but hollow inside. And one good serve. They're going to use it one time, mm-hmm. and it's going to be thrown away. Yeah. Baseball, solid core. Yeah. I mean, scuffed up. I use it again and again. Totally. I could go take whatever one Babe mm-hmm. Ruth hit, and mm-hmm. you know somebody mm-hmm. else can hit it out of the park right there. Yep. Okay, and it's yep. it doesn't look as good on the outside, but it will last a long mm-hmm. time. And this is what I love: a bat. The ball, will, the tennis ball, will always break when the bat hits it. Mm-hmm. But if the ball hits it, yep. the yep. bat always breaks first. Yep. And I all day long, I could go all day long, I could never hit that ball out of the park. But that baseball, all day long when I have a solid core. Totally. It's a great analogy. So we have to, and for many of us, we don't have that for whatever reason. Body, mind, soul, spirit, especially what we do with ourselves, with our spouses, with our children. Because oftentimes, especially with men, women not as much, but men are like, okay, honey, you run the house, I'll go, I'll pay for the kids to go to the best private Christian school yeah. and, and we hand it off and it's, we know the father wound is so intense and it's like, you yeah. can't do that. And so we help them to get that established. And then we start kind of stirring up. What is that real passion in, inside you? And then I love session seven where we just get these guys around a table and brainstorm about what are the, pro- what's the problems of the world? Talk about that. Now yeah. pick one problem, just one problem. And just money's not a limb. Money's not a problem. Time's not a problem. How would you fix that problem? 
That's right. And then come up with the strategy to do that. Yep. And what's been great, and this is what's awesome about Priority Living and the master's program, is that we, for many of these guys, a couple of dozen, oh, probably close to 100 now, ministries have been formed out oh, yeah. of session seven. Totally. Where they're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to solve this water problem. We're going to solve this you know, mm-hmm. church planning problem. We're going to solve this language problem. Yeah. We're going to right under there, and they can come underneath their umbrella, and we can support them. And then send them off to keep doing it. And then refreshing. That's the biggest thing we're learning is yeah. that coming back. Because yeah. it is like 10 plates you're trying to spin and keep going. And <laughs> there's always going to be one off. And if it wasn't for accountability and mentorship, right? like I always say, I'd be fat and poor if it wasn't for yeah. accountability. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's right. so we need that. So it's great to come together and, you know, we the analogy always back office front office so i get all back off i get back a kitchen mm-hmm. i get back a kitchen and a little front of kitchen yeah. but mostly back a kitchen yeah. is my is my ship well i um that infrastructure like the department of water and power of a per, of a person mm-hmm. of a leader is so important like you were talking about and then it becomes evidenced in their finances their marriage their parenting um you know we've said it before in the masters program that you know what business do you have trying to go out and change the world for God's kingdom if you can't change the world of yourself and and the ministry of your home, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, kingdom assignment in solving uh, a much greater problem than yourself. Purpose says I've got to be I've got to be stretched into something that is beyond my own needs. Right, right, right. right. I got to be solving more than just getting my bills paid or getting off life support financially or my time right yeah so i love about the master program it, it covers all that but i think most guys won't jump out of bed and go after it because they're thinking what's there what is there even if i get more time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do i have to live for Agree. right yeah but it's always been about solving the riddle of income that there's never been bandwidth to even think about it right. and that's what i love about session four of just oh, yeah. being, being able to dream yeah Sitting with your spouse and being able to say, once needs are met, because they're going to be met, they're going to be met, yeah. and the house is in order, then what? Yeah. Then what do we want to do? Yeah. So maybe even touch on, on <clears throat> what you see coming out of the other end of folks that are marriages that have been revitalized, mm-hmm. dreams that are being accomplished, and the power of Dream Master, which is mm. one of the things that we use in the program. Yeah, 100%. I, you know, I think that, you know, we, we often don't fulfill our dreams or... Your dream has got to be greater than your disappointment, the drama, and um, distractions. Your dreams have always got to be greater than those three because distractions are going to come, drama is going to come, and disappointments are going to come. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be whatever that might be. But my dream, whatever that dream is, has got to be greater than those three things. Totally. Otherwise, the dream dies. And so if we don't think about our dreams, mm-hmm. if we don't think about our mm-hmm. ambitions, if mm-hmm. we don't like just literally stop and wonder, and it's really hard for me. Because I'm an activator achiever. So yeah. as soon as I start dreaming about it, I just go and do it. Yeah. And and I'm, that's the gift of singleness. I can. I can. I can yeah. stop and go take a hard left. Doesn't mess with anybody. Yeah, it's totally. Totally. And that's the gift yeah. of singleness. Mm-hmm. That's my gift. But most people don't have that because they're married with kids and they're trying to keep that yeah. you know house totally. in line. And so having that opportunity to... to come aside, facilitate it, and think about, okay, honey, what's your dream? Okay, honey, what's your dream? You guys go think, okay, now the two of them come together. Where is this going to overlap? And so it's like, 
you know, I know you want to be a pro golfer, but that's not going to work. Or, you know, honey, mm-hmm. I know you want to offer mm-hmm. in the coffee shop, but, you know, so how do we come yep. together on together? these things together? And even if it's just experiences, it doesn't necessarily have to be this big, huge thing, but how do we build into, I mean, for example, I, my prayer is that every single one of my nieces and nephews, they marry and they marry virgins. That's an impossible prayer, but that's my dream. And yeah. so I'm going to invest in them however I can yeah, to get that, that legacy that's mm-hmm. going to go on because I know that's the best for them. Sure. You know, it's not withholding, it's giving a gift. And so, so having that dream master opportunity to come together and the stories of so many that are like, whether it's a take all our kids to Africa and, and mm-hmm. you know, that Bob shared and take mm-hmm. the, whole, the whole family there and, yeah. and open up their eyes to the mission of that. Whether it's best days that you take with our kids and dream on about what those kind mm-hmm. of things are. And, you know, I took my, again, opening doors that no one else can open. I have a friend whose husband has been in Major League Ball for 30 years and it was fifth grade graduation and he was coaching the minor league team down in Dunedin and so... Picked him up three days, went down there, and here's Bobby, you know, batting practice, going on the field. and Awesome. Again, Jarrett says, I said, did you have fun, Jarrett, as we're on the plane? He said, I just wish it was three more days. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. Yeah, how yeah, much? Right? How yeah, much? Write me that check. Okay. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. No, and no, those amount kind of of, no amount of money. No amount of money. Yeah can get those kind of things with those you're yep. those that you love and those that your kids and so to dream about those things how what do i need to do on this side to get that from that person totally and just to dream about that or it's going to go yeah you're underwriting you're memories have. oh 100 yeah. so let's talk about um so that everybody knows you and i work together oh. helping with priority living uh leading the master's program which are quarterly sessions for leaders yep marketplace leaders men and women that do want to go from success to significance um you're the operations like what what's your your actual title my actual title is director of operations yep. and so i do all of the finances uh, yep. it yep. Uh, staffing hr yep. uh you know website yep. not necessarily design but we got to yep. change something here it yep. is all the processing yep. of credit cards all the automations yep. within keep yeah you keep you, know. you keep the uh, you keep the train station and all the trains running i do yeah. i do and it's then amazing. have to write the doc- the process to this uh-huh. and totally and then say hey the train's left the station which isn't always the favorite thing to say yep. but you know my gifting allows me to be able to say hey the train left i can't we can't bring the train back totally you, well and the cool thing the about this the the cool thing about the masters program it's been around for over 25 years over 2500 graduates that those that come in and want to do these quarterly sessions to get their house in order maximize mm-hmm. their business as a mission build mm-hmm. a family legacy and ultimately partner with god on building his kingdom through their marketplace leadership and most folks don't know what marketplace leadership they think the word marketplace are like what am i you know working in the uh, grand bazaar in like you know what i mean it's like yeah no listen you're a business person most often they haven't seen their career as an opportunity to underwrite Mm -hmm. that which is eternal. Mm -hmm. They think that business as a mission is going to be um, only done by, um, or mostly done by churches. If you're clergy, if you have a seminary graduate, you know, you're a graduate of seminary. Um, The light bulb for me and why the master's program just um, lights me up is because it gave me full permission, full permission and that I can have full permission to write the script on how I want to use entrepreneurship, career, whether you work for somebody or not, but how you can literally go, what's my unique ability? Yep. And then 
use the gas from the Lord to throw it on the fire of my unique ability and letting it thrive and bearing fruit that will last, right? Yeah. But I think, I mean, Becky, how would you speak into this? So you talked a little bit about the church. They don't have much mm. um, to, to, to help maximize a, an entrepreneur leader to be able to crush it. But here's what I've, here's what I've, um, I've come to realize and know that our sweet spot is this, that the Christian businessman and woman um, have more contacts in their phone, mm. um, have more contact with employees, and customers than a megachurch. Yeah, yeah. For so sure. I go like, we've got people sitting in the pews, we've got people in the marketplace, people doing their career, and Barner Research says only half half of believers that accept Christ are going to church. Mm, mm, yeah. So I'm like going, the, the Great Commission is going to be done through most likely, in this day and age, the business owner yeah. to use their business and career as a mission for the kingdom. So right. can you speak into that based on your observation? Because you are in the rooms and you're in places mm -hmm. that um, Barnabas, you've been around yeah. all the heavies, yeah. all the heavy ministries. But give us some reports from the field of what you're witnessing where we live right now in this day and age as to how the marketplace leader can be maximized. Yeah, and I, it is funny. I didn't even think about it until just right now. I actually did the master's program, and when I did the master's program from 07 to 2010, I was in ministry. I was running the maternity home. Mm. And in 2010, as a result of multiple things, including the master's program, I started my own business. I left the ministry and went to Marketplace yeah. to fulfill the kingdom calling that God yeah. had on my life. Because it gives you, especially as you know, most people struggle, a huge, as we talked about already, the father wound, session nine, but anyways, the father wound... And that leadership that has done them bad. And for a godly boss, at whatever level along the line, to treat and give people grace and understanding, mm -hmm. to model Christ, that by their kindness they'll be drawn to repentance. Yeah. From that kindness, that's the opportunity you have Monday through Friday, 40, 50, 60 hours a week to yeah, pour totally. into that person. And then the, the further up you go, the wider you're... Um, ability to impact people becomes your sphere of influence becomes mm -hmm. greater sent Marshall I just listened to a great book by her you've been chosen sent Marshall was president of North Carolina she grew up uh, in the Bay Area in Richmond and uh -huh. the projects sure and um, but God you know did, did great AT&T president uh, of North Carolina and and got colon cancer and her, her godly fearing godly mom first thing she says is this is for god's glory and so she so she wrote a book about it told the story she's now head of the dallas mavericks she's president of the dallas mavericks with mark cuban but it's like and she understands i mean this this influence she has and unashamedly i'm a believer i love jesus i'm blessed i'm not lucky i mean that speaking that into and then going through those trials and living out those trials in a profound way drew people to the kingdom in a great and a mighty way. So as a kingdom entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur with a kingdom focus of how can I glorify God in the midst of whatever this is that I'm coming, is uh, it's transformational. And when you live a life of integrity, just integrity, live a life of integrity. And people say, why do you live a life of integrity? Yeah. Because of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, apart from Christ, I would not live a life of integrity. I mean, why should I? Right? I mean... It's all about me, and how do I get the best out of me? And if it runs you off the road, it runs you off the road. But when you live a life of integrity, I still might run people off the road. But anyways, I try not to. But when you live that life of integrity, it, model that in the business world. 
people are shocked because yeah. it's like, what? What's different about you? Mm-hmm. And then we need to be faithful to say, it's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ in me, and uh, it's Him that I trust, and it's Him that I believe in. He's the He's the one writing the check. He's not. I mean, mm-hmm. He's the one writing my paycheck, mm-hmm. and He right. will take care of me and move along that way. So yeah. we as we as leadership need to, like you said earlier, steward that and understand that these. 10, 50, 20,000, 10,000, 50,000 employees that work for me, I need to shepherd them well. Yeah, totally. And that might mean sometimes I got to break their legs and carry them mm-hmm. on my shoulder, but it also means I'm going to let them lie by green pastures and, and trust them. And again, in this art, this book by Seth Marshall, here, AT&T, you know, one of the largest, you know, Forbes 100 for sure. And they... The CEO is calling Scent, and as soon as he found out, and saying, "What do you need? Take the rest of the time off. You know, we'll have somebody cover your stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll get you into. You know, mm-hmm. they'll open doors mm-hmm. because of who they are and the mm-hmm. money they have. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have the privilege of doing with any, whether it's five or fifty thousand that so, influence. So you've got you've got um, <clears throat> this idea of influence versus authority, and we know mm-hmm. that influence is attraction rather than promotion, and most use their authority in the marketplace to lord over thinking they have influence christ was the best example of he had the authority but he didn't he didn't use it no he used his influence it was attraction yes um tell us in your observation what takes out a leader oh pride Mm. (laughs) i mean that is and that's a leader at any level believers and not believers when they start reading their own press and mm-hmm. writing their own stuff mm-hmm. i think his name is riley lincoln duke quarterback who is just killing it and doing great yeah. and his mom sends him a text every once in a while and says you suck because yeah <laughs> he yeah. doesn't need to you know keep him yeah. grounded on what that is yeah. sorry you know, when we start believing that, hey, we can get away with this, or this doesn't, these rules don't apply to me, this yes. process doesn't apply to me, yeah. um, man, it's it's when we get too big for who we are, yeah. that we think we are, man, mm-hmm. it will take a leader out. I think having, surrounding yourself with yes men or women that won't speak truth into you. Yeah. Um, love the story, David and Nathan, 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 you know, when Nathan's like, dude, you're the man. You're the one that, you know, stole the sheep and you had all these others. You're the man. And I always say we need Nathans in our lives that yeah. will call us out and yeah. just say, hey, this is yours. So I think that is what it is. I think just um, lack of, uh, of clarity or boredom. I think that when we just get bored with what we're doing, mm. then we start looking because we want aliveness. We want, I mean, we all desire that. We want yeah. adventure and That's excitement. Wrong. and We want that to just like, what wakes us up in the morning? When we lose that then um, then we're going to start looking for other places to get that. And usually when we start wandering our eyes, whatever that might be, yeah. it gets us into that. So surrounding yourself with people that love, care, support you, and and have the 100% at any time. Let me see your calendar. Mm-hmm. Let me see your phone. Mm-hmm. Let me see your checkbook. That's right. And any time we can share that, and people will know immediately what's going on. And totally. If you don't have that... We're all going to go off the rails. Yeah, I yeah, use I use that all the time. It's like the true barometer would be, um, you know, doing obviously doing self imposed audits. The master program does a wonderful oh, job of that every 100%. every ninety days of like yeah, my my checkbook, my calendar, um, is a direct reflection 
of, of, of where your heart is and mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about, you know, when we look at the master's program, we talked about uh, life mastery, preparing you for a life mission. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we're looking at a legacy that is not only eternally, but uh, most think that a legacy is just for here and now. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's ultimately what we do now affects our outcomes in eternity, yeah. um, which is a beautiful thing. But what is, in order to get there, you got to get your house in order mm. through life mastery first. Yeah, 100%. So for you now, at this mm. stage in life, what does life mastery look like for you mm-hmm. uh, in terms of your self-imposed non-negotiables with habits, choices, making sure you don't go off the rails? How do you keep yourself from pride? Talk to us a little bit about it. Like what we can learn from you, like, like you're mentoring the people watching this. Right. Hey, exactly. What, what do you got to have in your bag? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, you know, one of the, just a couple of things just in those areas that propped up, I mean, you know, mentally, I mean, I've got to always be learning, you know, lifelong learner, reading new stuff, yeah. challenging Leaders me. are readers. Leaders are readers. And what, what is the new thing that I'm learning and, and what yeah. are the new frameworks I'm going to do? And so always, always, I'm sitting under a coach somewhere, right? Yeah. I'm always mm-hmm. asking people, you know, how do I get better and doing those self-audits? You know, monthly reviews, just sitting down and saying, okay, what's, what did I do this? What were the wins? What were the wins that mm-hmm. I, I, I accomplished this month? What yes. are those challenges? What are those difficulties? I think a monthly audit is, is awesome. I think one of the key things, and this will keep you humble, two things that I do to keep me humble. One, I live below my means so that I can give more. Yeah. I mean, I intentionally, I'm debt-free, debt-free. Yeah. Own my house, straight out. I mean, and so at, at moment's notice, I can say, here's X amount or here's X amount yeah. or the nephew want to buy a book or whatever. Totally. Done. I can do that freedom. by a laptop. That's a lot of freedom. On, it's a lot of freedom. It is a lot of freedom. So live below your means. And um, so you can so you can mm-hmm. bless others is mm-hmm. the key thing. Here's just a little thing I've do, I do, and I've done it for years. But I read the scriptures, and it says if you, if you humble yourself, he will exalt you. You know, and the exalted he will humble. And it's like, well, okay, I don't want to be humbled. I want to be exalted. So how do I humble myself, Lord? How do I humble myself? And he says, pick up trash. I'm like, okay, what else can I do to humble myself? You know, he's like, no. And so I I pick up trash. When I'm like walking down the sidewalk, did it yesterday, I was in Glendale, walking down the sidewalk, I saw a, a napkin that had blown over from the taco stand over It's just there. your kind of thing. That's my thing. I pick up the trash, throw it away, go wash my hands. And there have been times where I've like walked past trash yeah. and feeling the spirit say, you need to pick that up mm-hmm. and having to go back, you know, yeah. and pick yeah. up the trash. But it humbles me. And yeah. I... And I would often say, well, you know, that's somebody else's job. I don't want to take from them. And he's like, you know, don't think of yourself more highly than you are. Totally. So those are some of the key things I do. And then, of course, journaling, you know, and whatever that might be. I mean, can we talk about the app that's coming out? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's what the best thing about the TMPX app that's yeah. coming out for our participants. Yeah. That they can journal right there that no, we can no, do totally. a check-in that we can look mm-hmm. right up here step on the scale as you like to say and say where are we at how am i yeah. doing body mind soul and spirit and then be able to journal that out mm-hmm. and make a plan and just think about it i mean honestly think about it instead mm-hmm. of just getting up and all of a sudden you're down the road and you know i got great nieces and nephews now and it was like yesterday they were this big you know and now they're walking Bam. Yep. And it's like and then they're going to be i gotta i gotta house. i gotta wait one before i forget it but yeah it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful one to give you um, buddy of ours, we were doing our uh, men's fellowship here at the house, and he said he had heard this brand new study that said, on average, um, 
you'll have you'll have your children 18 years in your home in your life yeah. where you're with them every single day like doing life with them after that you get you get one more total year total 365 days over the course of the rest of their life that you'll wow. actually get life with them so wow. you actually only get 19 wow Wow, and our and world that, today, that is just that's, so that's, humbling yeah. to like bring you down to like, hold on a second. You and I have really unpacked this a lot. How do we slow down time? 100%. That's so good. Yeah. Like we can, Yeah. but it takes life mastery. Yeah, it does. And so this idea of your, your habits, your choices, and the, the self-imposed things in inventory that you're doing, how can we slow down time? To get high quality time back, you're living below your means to have more bandwidth to be able to be nimble, to be able to like, dude, I can travel, I can go to a game. Um, this just got laid on me right now because I think it's something that we share so much in common, and it speaks to your your habits still and your yeah. non-negotiables. But um, I just want to touch quickly on um, this whole idea for us to really produce. 100x results of quality lifestyle, quality life, a quality of life, um, rested, mm -hmm. great pace, great ideas, great creativity, um, great output, no anxiety, no haste, no hurry, um, um, it it is it's a it's an opposites game, mm. and you know we t we talk about in the masters program how if we really truly want to perform Sabbath mandatory mm. Sabbath and time off yes and slowing do time down mm. actually increases our output one hundred percent so maybe you could just speak to that a little bit because it's a game of opposites <laughs> where what I love about us working together and our our culture of of our team all the leaders. We like make sure we're all guarded. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, get out. Like, yeah. get off. I right. don't want to be hearing from you. It's like we're all helping protect each other because yeah. we know that the best is going to come when you come back, right? Absolutely. Not hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. So I want our listeners to understand that it is a game of opposites. Rest is vital to your performance 100%. as a leader. Talk 100%. about that. Yeah, I think that it's, it is, you're not going to have your best if you're always on. You always have to rest. Mm -hmm. I mean, Elite athletes, I mean, Recovery. some of the best resters in the world are elite athletes, and That's they right. care. I mean, they track it. They mm -hmm. Just yesterday I heard about mm -hmm. a British, the British cycling team in the French Open wanted yeah. to, uh, they knew how critical rest was, so they gave them nine pillows and pick which pillow is best, and then they took that pillow with them. And they, I mean, it's so critical because it, it stops our bodies, and it gives our physical bodies and our brains an opportunity to recover. Mm -hmm. And if we run, 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 it's never going to slow us down. And that's why Sabbath is critical. Again, this, the maternity home that we're launching, talked to the executive director, I was driving down, and she leaves on Saturday and doesn't come back until the following Saturday. And I'm like, if you check your email, I will fire you. I mean, like, mm -hmm. no emails, no mm -hmm. phones, because once we open the home, it's going to be oh, crazy. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. So I need her to take this vacation mm -hmm. now have that rest I, mm -hmm. you know the lord says that we need to rest every seven days the dirt rests every seven years 
How much more do we need to rest oh, every seven days? Totally. Where we actually stop. And mm-hmm. I think that that's another non-negotiable. Two more non-negotiables for me is is three. Is is having that Sabbath. <laughs> They're stacking. I keep thinking. They're stacking, you know, because I'm like, okay, so is is having that Sabbath. And what does Sabbath look like for you? For me, getting up and putting makeup on and going to church is not a Sabbath. So mine is not starting my car and or not putting makeup on. Mm. So that's what I consider a Sabbath. If, if I can... You know, and of course, not doing any work. I mean, that's a given. Sure. But take that Sabbath. Definitely an, an, a, negoti- a non-negotiable that I need to have regularly in my schedule. I travel a lot, as you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, the day after I get home, it's blocked off. I might do work, but I'm not having meetings. You know, I'm, right. I, I need to, to refresh and revise. Reset, yeah. You block. Block off. The, you control your calendar. Mm-hmm. And get to your point in your life where you can control your calendar, whatever that looks like, right? If you totally. can't do it today, have that as an aspiration, totally ambition that you want to do, non-negotiable. For me, because of guarding my mind and my emotions, I don't go to R-rated movies. I just don't go to them. I can't mm-hmm. do R-rated movies. It doesn't you work bec- for me. You become what you eat. I do, 100%. And mm-hmm. I'm, you know, and the third thing is that I don't drink alcohol because it's just not, the joke I usually tell non-believers is, you know, I just don't want. I'd rather chew my calories than drink my calories. Yeah. But I also, it it's not it's not who I want to be, and and that is a mm-hmm. it's a it's a difference maker that happens. And it's been so fun in the past mm-hmm. five or six years that we've been working together. Is yeah. how, you know, we used to have these meetings and dinner before, and it would be two or three glasses of wine for everybody. And now, yeah. as we realize the impact on it, oh yeah, whether it's a calling of the Lord or just because. It messes up my sleep, and I don't yeah. sleep as good, and I don't yeah. have good recovery. Yep. It's alcohol is no longer a part of it, and it, it's a, it is it is just a little one percent tweak. You know, Atomic Habits by James Clear. I mean, just one percent. Yep, makes that a will massive difference and make a massive difference. So controlling that time and then having that focus time, whatever that looks like. I had a one of dear friend, she's still a good friend, Joan Queen, came to faith as an adult, had little kids at the house. And knew that quiet time was so critical. and But the kids were early risers. So she would get up mm. like 3, because they're usually up at 5. Sure. 3 o'clock in the morning to have her quiet time. And her her son now runs one of the, is pa- senior pastor at one of the largest churches in Nashville. Daughter married yeah. to a pastor running. And then their youngest yeah. son took over the family business. And, and they will say, coming down the stairs and seeing mama on her knees changed how they thought about what their future was going to be mm. and and so was it a sacrifice for her to get up at th- yeah yeah it was a sac- but it was a non-negotiable for her i'm investment. getting up i'm doing this it's i'm making this happen you know um i'm gonna let you ask me a couple questions yeah um but one thing i would say as we as we book in this the reason why i love the master's program and what we're doing together and building this and deploying it and helping others is one is it re- constantly reveals my deficits mm. mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, it's not a one and done. Oh, yeah. I went through it once. I mean, by the way, I went through it over four times, and now <laughs> I teach it. Yeah, but um, it's always revealing the deficits. And yeah. then number two, uh, when you track, so the app and uh, the journaling, the setting yep. your journaling, taking your notes, recording your momentum, your progress. Whatever you track expands. Yes. And then when you report at your group and on your on your chat and on mm. your uh, cohort, your quarterly sessions, it's like, you know, you do it in business. Yeah. You're looking at your balance sheet and your profit yeah. and loss. Yeah. We should be doing that personally. Yeah. 
And so that's what I love about the master's program. It tracks, and then whenever you report, it 10Xs and 100Xs. Yes. It's one thing to track it myself, but it's another yeah. thing. If I, have to, if I know i got to go report it, oh, my goodness. It's that accountability. Yeah, totally. totally. So that's what I am I love, and I'm so excited. You know, and We got in the show notes where everybody can list, you know, look at all the links to yeah. get to TMP and to um, check out links for you, et cetera. Yeah. We always like to kind of wrap up the show with kind of a fun, any questions that you want to ask me. Okay, so I love, um, I love in our world... One little tiny decision changes the total tra- tra- trajectory, yeah. the path of life. Yeah. And so I know at one point in, in high school, you had that <laughs> the choice. The is so weird. I know. Okay. You had that choice of, do I continue playing athletics oh, and yeah. pursue? Or do I you know, get on my bike and start mm. selling art? Yeah. And there might have been, they were both together. But I've always wondered, what, what was that, that one slight decision Oh, I mean, yeah. what a different path, you know, God's sovereign, praise the Lord. But totally. what what well, was that like? It's Tell interesting me that, story. that you bring that up because we're in, we're in football season right oh, yeah. now. So when I'm watching the game, it's really hard mm-hmm. because I'm like, you love that it. was like, that was, that's just in my DNA, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so there was actually a third, and I don't know if you're aware of, so there were three, the crossroads at 16, 17, 18, for most, they were just like, I'm going to college or I'm going to go work. It was like singular. Mm-hmm. For me, it was options, and that was hard. Right. Because I'm playing football, starting tight end, junior year, already getting letters. It was UNLV. It was Ohio State. It was like, oh, dude, this yeah. is nuts. I'm Power like, fives. I'm like 210, 6'5". Oh, yeah. Like things are cranking. Yeah. And I was jacked and so excited. Meanwhile, playing in a Christian band, touring. That's right. So music, like I was drumming since I was 13. I'm playing in this alternative band and we're playing and, you know, tours and shows. And I'm, and it wasn't just like a hobby. It was like, no, this is like a professional mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So the football thing's happening. The music's going. Then I'm doing this art thing. And when I was 16, I put my business card in the yearbook and it said Noah's Art. And so I was already in this entrepreneurial marketing. Yeah. And then I designed the whole yearbook and the whole spread and all. And so as I'm as I'm sitting there, I'm going, man, I got options, mm-hmm. but like, what what do I do? And the hard part is, my dad was MIA; yeah, he was gone. Right. My mom's just trying to get better. Right. Bobo comes in my life, founder of the Masters Program, Bob Shank, and um, he and a few others were there in the wings, and they really kicked into high gear once I hit my 20s. But right. from that 16 to 21, 22, it was kind of no man's land. Yeah. So I'm on a motorcycle after practice. One of the times I blow out my knee. So there goes football. Okay. And what was really hard was I had the entire booster club saying, we're going to buy you like a $2,000 brace so that you can continue to play. But every time I caught the ball and landed, my whole left side would just freeze up. Like it was yeah. like... Zzz. Yeah. And um, so that I'm like... I don't know what my shelf life is on mm-hmm. football. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, music, art. Okay. I knew that art was going to be, the chances of the music thing working out was like 20%. So I made the art and entrepreneurship all like 80, 85% as much as I could of like, okay, this, is, this has to be it. Mm-hmm. And the reason why was I was terrified knowing that at 16, I needed to plant the seed then knowing that I only had two years before I graduated, 
and I moved out at 17. Yeah, right. So it was 200 here, 200 there, 150 here. Yeah. That's when I got on the bike, and I'm like, we got to go make this happen. Right, so. right, right, right. Okay, great. I never knew that. Yeah. That was, that was a story. Yeah. Uh, two more. Two more questions. Okay, so like, uh, I know lots of doors have opened for you, and the favor of the Lord's been there great, but is there any regrets? Is there any like offer that came along that was like, gosh, I should have done that, or I didn't do it, or... You know, as you look back uh, career-wise, or maybe if Life Mastery is off, it's like, man, if I had Life Mastery, I would have done that. But any anything like that. that you know, it's, it's funny because you go, you you know, if I rewind the tape all the way back, and in that year of, or I should say graduating high school into tw probably, tw I was 24, and I lived in a warehouse. I lived mm -hmm. there for 22 years and showered at the gym. I'm yeah. like, no house, but I'm like, I'm stoked. All the money's going into the company. I want to build this brand. There's no internet. Like, how do I make this build it? That transition there, though, I I worked a ton in Hollywood. Mm. And so I did a ton of grip work. Yeah. I was a, uh, um, I did art direction. Um, uh, I did actual art. I painted tattoos on people. Like, it was a jack of all trades, but in the creative space. Yeah. Um, and so then I started doing stand-in work, extra work, like bit part work, like didn't get my SAG card yet, but I'm like, how am I working every single week? Yeah. And I'm like 17, 18, 19. Got it, went to a modeling agency and started getting these parts in movies. I won't say what they were because they're really <laughs> embarrassing. But um, <laughs> there's something interesting that happens there too, because you're like, even though I came to faith at nine, I always could tell when there was a pull. Mm. from the Lord mm. and what and now I recognize them later on as the, those were always invitations yeah. that was always him calling you into the game amen and so even though I'm sitting here let's say you're trying to like hustle and promote and you know self-made dues paid and I'm going to go make things happen yeah I think every young person has a, an aspiration to like do something great and, always and back then you're like dude yeah if I could be an actor I want to be popular or famous or whatever yeah sure and so there were parts where like, man, you really kind of wore yourself out. Yeah. And then there yeah. are parts where you're like, if you just waited for the invitations, they still happen anyways. That's the truth. Right? Yeah. So regret-wise, probably the only regret that I have is I would have I would have borrowed and took all my aggressive aspiration into like investing in a building and a compound earlier. Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I lived in a warehouse for 22 years yeah. that I rented. Right. But right. at the same time, I'm like, I think God kind of used that because it, it kept things low and it kept things down. Um, I still was able to accomplish what I did. It was just different. Right. I think looking back now, um, and I would say this for any leader uh, that has influence, momentum is a magnet. Mm -hmm. And so what's really interesting is you can, as a leader, have a lot of momentum. And you, as a leader, can't tell your blind spots. Mm -mm. Because, to your point, you don't have people around you calling your crap. Right, right. And you got to have people that are like, dude, heads up. Yeah. Like, I'm getting a gut check on this person or this client or mm -hmm. this customer or mm -hmm. this situation, right? you got to have that. Um, Babo said mm -hmm. one time, he goes... You've you've always imported 
um, a community, meaning having people in your life. But I didn't always have that. Right. The biggest regrets was having those filters earlier on because what happens is when you have momentum, there'll be people that the enemy sends across your path that are wounded that a leader goes, oh, cool, a project. Yeah. Right. And, and that was, you know, I was married before. Yeah. Um, toxic relationships that became kind of like, for me, it was like my uh, my trophy of like, oh, I got a new project. I got a new project. I got a new project. Meanwhile, the common denominator and everything was me. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, right? I get that. You yep. know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I'm like, that's what put me in a therapy at 22 years old yeah. for two decades. Yeah. And in porting a sphere of influence that says, call me on my crap. Show me what I'm not seeing. You need to, you need to help me see my blind spots. But the bigger one was my hidden value. Yeah. I think so often we spend too much time trying to fix ourselves. Mm-hmm. When, if somebody just told us what's possible, mm-hmm. I'm so enthralled with that. Yeah. I get fixed in the process. Right. At 100%. Right? So the moment I had individuals in my life giving me vision for what was possible, the Lord did that. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I, I don't need to spend a life getting fixed and or making agreements with toxic relationships that gave me a false sense of purpose, I would say yes to that even though it was damaging. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. 100%. So my biggest regrets are that. Yeah. But it yeah. made me who I am today, like, to savor the glory. <laughs> like, it almost brings me to tears. Like, yeah, amen. Some lessons are harder to learn than others, and some take longer than others. But in slowing down time, mm-hmm. now Chantel and I have adopted what we call criterias and filters. Mm-hmm. And that can go everything from a job that we take um, to clients, to customers, where we go, financially decisions that we make, people that are in our lives. Yeah. You got to, you know, like Master's Program gave us the criterias and the filters to protect our leadership and to protect the family legacy. 100%. So in terms yeah. of regrets, you got one more question. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, me too. No regrets. I'm not going to ask a question. I'm going to answer my own question. But it, no regrets. Same reason. Because it's who I am today. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't I, change it. I wouldn't it. change it. I'd rather if I would have learned faster, it would have been better. You know, that's it. You know, you wish you would have had it earlier. I wish yeah. I would have. Okay, so you always have um, the best best days with your kids. Uh, so tell me your favorite best day you ever had. Hmm. You've had some good best days. Yeah. Well, the 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 two that really stand out to me. When Griff and I went to, you know, it's the simple things like oh, yeah. they see what's a best day. I see what's a best day or they we have two different vantage points. Right. Right. But Griff, uh, Griff and I, we um, she want to go to uh, Michael Jackson in, in Las Vegas. And um, mm-hmm. it's interesting because uh, dads with daughters in a certain season of life from like age three to uh, their statistics, they say like. It's all about the dad for girls this age to this age. And it's all about the dads for the boys from this age yep. to this age, right? And it's like, there's a certain time where like, I don't need mom anymore. And then there's right. times like, I want dad more. You know, it's like they switch. Yep. But for me and and Griff, when we went to uh, Las Vegas, uh, she's like, I want to go stay at a really fancy hotel, get a suite. We stayed at the Mandalay Bay and got this really cool panoramic suite and all that kind of stuff. And here you have like this, I don't know, 50 yard long room. Like right. it's like, all these right. windows and all this stuff. But it ends up just being her and I sitting, eating snacks late night, watching TV. And I'm like, f- for her, this might not be it. For me, this was it. It's like, 
a conversation sitting at a soda fountain. Yeah. I can't replace that because a, a thing about a best day that's interesting is, uh, or a walk or getting your kids out, is you're hoping, you want to connect. That's yeah, the whole yeah. thing. You want yeah. to see their dreams come alive. Right. All I, what makes my heart come alive is just conversation. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and when they were little, we we drag them kicking and screaming to go like we walk at the beach. Give it 10, 15 minutes and the whole family's talking. Yeah. Like right. once we remove the distractions, the whole family's talking. Mm -hmm. So the Michael Jackson one was super awesome. We both love Michael Jackson. And then just like sitting there and taking pictures and build that memory was, um, I'll never forget it. And then there's even like the drive out. Like, oh, yeah. That windshield time. Totally. Love windshield time. Totally. Yeah. And listen to music and creating oh, new yeah. playlists together and all that kind of stuff. Like, you're not just building like a memory. You're building like soundtracks for these memories. And like, it just mm -hmm. gets really layered. Yeah. And I think it's just profound these days to just say, I've got one of my parents with me one-on-one. -on -one. No. 100%. I mean, like, it, it's it's like rare even if you see it out in public. Right. Well, it's like, and probably one of my favorite stories about that trip. Oh my gosh. It's I'm so glad I just remember this because flipping hilarious. And I don't even know if you know, you're in here. Do you remember this about the, the lady in Mandalay, what she said? So Griff and I, I mean, Griffin's stunning. Oh, yeah. And like she's super 100%. tall. And like yeah. we get all dialed and done up to go out and we're walking to that soda fountain in this, this burger joint, right? And um, I'm getting these looks from all these ladies. <laughs> and this one lady is like, you're sick. Like... <laughs> It's my daughter, daughter. dude. You but know? you needed a sign. <laughs> totally. She's my daughter. She's my daughter. Yeah. It's like, but Griff and I have always walked oh, yeah. arm in arm, hand in hand, arms yep. around each other, and that affection and stuff is awesome. But that was, that was a, an Very awesome, exciting. awesome trip. But for Noah, it was when he was 10, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to do the Home Alone, oh, uh, yeah. you know, going to the plaza in New York, um, staying there, and then, you know, them doing the fancy stuff, Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone, you know, movies and letters from Kevin and... They layered it, you know, with Noah, with his, um, with his uh, autism and stuff like that. It was interesting because we had in that trip, you know, you're wanting to get a lot of layers where for him, he doesn't know about money. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. He's like, I want to fly first class, stay yeah. at the plaza and everything. Uh -huh. I'm like thinking, cha-ching, cha-ching. Like, cha -ching. this is gnarly. Like, yeah. okay, we'll go there in 10 years. Right. Um, the reason why that was such an anomaly and a reason why a lot of the best days were really big best days for me with the kids was as we were going through that transition, the kids had no clue what turmoil we were going through as a mm -hmm. family. Right. Right. And I think that's really important that um, your, your, your kids are typically insulated from trials and tribulation. Yeah. But I also think it's really important for your kids to see how do you respond to trials and tribulation? Yes. So that didn't stop us. Mm -mm. And a big part of faith was, even though we are going to do these extravagant, awesome trips and see your dreams realized, I have faith that the Lord's going to come through. Yeah. And yeah. not only did he, right. he continues to. Yeah. Yeah. And I want that modeled with our kids to say, hey, I'm not, I'm, I'm, we're not going to live a lifestyle as a family where our life is all about, well, one day. Mm, come on. No, come on. One day is today. Yeah. Yeah. we got to make that happen today. Yeah. But to your point, and what we teach the master's program, if it's not on the calendar, it, it doesn't, doesn't exist. happen. But it's, you know, it, it is. And having that freedom to go and trusting God to take care of the things. You know, Derek did get his first start last um, last spring, and it was going to be in Jacksonville, Florida, and yeah. nobody could go. And I had just landed Monday afternoon. He was starting Tuesday night. Well, guess what I did? 
I bought a ticket that night. There you go. 7 a.m. Flew to Jacksonville. It ended up raining. It got delayed. We, oh, yeah. you know, flew out the next day. But I was like, he is, he's not going to have somebody there cheering him on for his first start. Yeah. A dream that he's had forever. Yeah. And gotta you know, do it. I did it. I did it. it. It didn't. Yeah. It cost a lot, but it was worth a little green piece of paper. Little. I mean, this is at the end of the day. I'm, uh, I heard this just yesterday. A guy named Mel said it, but he said, "Legacy is not what you leave behind, but what you leave in a heart." And I want to leave a lot in people's hearts. Mm-hmm. And if that takes a little green piece of paper, that's fine. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, dude, I loved it. Thanks so much. Yeah, love you. It's cool. You too. Hey, uh, you can see the show notes down below. Leave a comment. Uh, subscribe to this channel, but also share it. We'd love to hear from you. And if you do hit the um, leave a review for us and hit that subscribe, it's really going to help with the ranking. So thank you so much for doing that. And then we've got um, links down below to give you some resources, things about the master's program, ways to connect with Becky, where you can, you can get in touch with her. And um, it's, it's just an awesome opportunity for you to learn from Becky in terms of her mentorship, what she has to offer and uh, the wisdom. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. So make sure that you hit her up. If you have any questions, you'd like to learn more about what she's got going on and what she has to offer. Thanks so much for watching, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode.